those things down if we don't get to them hop in and say hey sarah hello friends happy friday we guys made you guys made it through another week um welcome welcome we can answer some general questions today like me and anna normally we would but we're gonna spend the bulk of today talking with Lori and yinka about they are on ebay's government relations team it's a volunteer position ebay has a government I'm going to take that back. I'm going to let y'all say what it is. <laughs> I'm just going to like, I can already hear myself like ruining it. So I'm going to let Lori and Yinke introduce themselves a little bit and then talk a little bit about what eBay's government relations is, what the purpose. Um, they're both, they don't work for eBay. They are private you know, uh, sellers um, who kind of help out eBay on that front. So I'm going to let you guys know me and Anna. So Lori, if you want to introduce yourself. Sure. I'm Lori Wong and uh I'm an eBay seller here in Georgia, a little town called Powder Springs, and I'm a charity seller, so I sell on eBay for charity. Uh, we have a nonprofit food pantry uh, that serves about 1,200 families a week. And um, just to give you perspective, last year we did 3.5 million pounds of food, and a lot of revenue that's generated on eBay goes towards purchasing that food. So that's a little bit about us. And you're um, on your 20th year. Yes, we yeah. are celebrating 20 years serving the public um, this year, 2023. So it's a celebratory year. Congratulations. And um, thank you. And the reason why I got involved with eBay for charity, I'm, I'm sorry, the government relations team, is that it's really a world-class organization that uh, proactively um, it interacts with policymakers on our behalf, uh, they lobby on our behalf for sellers, not just here in the United States, but worldwide. And they do it alongside sellers. So they pick sellers from um, almost every state and uh, bring us into Washington, D.C. Uh, to help in the lobby process. So um, it's great exposure. Uh, it's an educational opportunity. And um, I've really enjoyed it. Yinka, I'll turn it over to you. Oh, well, I have a question real quick before we get to it. Because if I'm thinking, I think other people probably are as well. So you said that you get picked. If you want, if people are listening to this, they want to get involved as well. Is it like you're special in the eBay came no, out? No, not you? at all. <laughs> you <laughs> are not special. So, no, not at all. But it's like special. if anyone is interested, if anyone yes. is interested in this, is it open? How do they get involved, I guess? Um, I can only tell you how I got involved and I was asked. Okay. So I think it was probably because we don't have a whole lot of sellers in Georgia and they, I was just low hanging fruit. <laughs> I have a little bit of insight into that too. I've recently come on board, um, and I'm just in the beginning of it. So I don't know a whole lot about it yet, but the process for me was that I expressed interest, um, to someone who does work for eBay in that department. And they basically followed up with me. Um, it was just, you know, I sent an email saying like, I'm interested in doing whatever I can to help out. And they set up a time to kind of talk to me and get to know me a little bit. Um, because like Laurie said, they want like a wide variety of representatives yes. of small businesses from different um, like areas, you know, and how all of that, how all that works in Washington, like your different regions that, you know, are lobbying to different specific people and stuff like that. So they kind of like get to know you, get to know, you know, where where you could be plugged in and kind of what your story is because we're very much like the human 
like personal, individual, yeah. anecdotal, small business face of, of the impacts of what's going on. So um, if there's a good place, you know, that you kind of like fit in and can be like one of those, one of those voices um, that they can draw on when they need someone like from that district or whatever, um, then they sort of have you in the queue and they keep you up to date with everything that's going on. And of course, like whatever comes available, um, whether it's signing, you know, a petition or, you know, talking with someone, um, sharing your experience with someone as a small business owner, like whatever comes along that they need you for, they'll ask you if you're available. And that's just kind of how it rolls. And you get to stay updated on all the nitty gritty details of some of the other stuff we're about to talk about. Yes. So hopefully is, that makes sense. Um, and I found, I just quickly Googled. So tell me if someone clicks on this and it doesn't take you anywhere remotely close, this looks like probably the link. If you want more information, I'm going to pin it to the top of the chat. Okay. You can get your turn. <laughs> great. Thank, <laughs> thanks for having me. It's uh, great to see familiar faces here today. Uh, so my background with uh, eBay's government relations, I, I would say it just starts in 2015. We'll go back before that. Uh, I just was a seller on eBay, just a normal seller. And I, I took the plunge to go to eBay Open, which is one of their big, the big conference in Las Vegas. And I remember the first year I went, I was just overwhelmed by all of the big, big time sellers, just a lot of information being thrown at you. And so I'm walking around the event space and I see the eBay government relations booth. And I'm like, I'm from Washington, DC. I know law and policy. Let's go see what they're talking about. I had no clue yeah. what they did or anything about that. And, and so um, I walk over to their booth and, and I just met them. They were very welcoming. Uh, I told them my background, told them that I'm a seller on eBay and kind of the rest is history as far as kind of that relationship was built there. Uh, I think it helps that I'm local. Um, I'm a seller. I sell in the fashion industry and oftentimes like those e-commerce rules and, and things of that nature come up and uh, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm local. I'm available. Kind of like Lori said, uh, low hanging fruit uh, where they can use me. And the, the great thing I like about uh, eBay government relations is they don't look at necessarily your numbers or anything because when I got started, I wasn't like a known seller. There was no exposure, or no grants, none of that. I was just me just uh, showing up. Uh, and you're sell. a part-time seller, right? Like this is, you have, yes. like Lori does this as a nonprofit and she is like crushing it, but you mm -hmm. are a full-time lawyer and then you kind of just side hustle eBay, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'd say full-time and full-time, but yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely have uh, another full-time position and, and kind of, um, yeah. So wasn't really, a huge seller, um, but just the exposure that they've been able to provide has been great. Uh, I know, uh, as Lori mentioned about the fly-ins, where you, you get that opportunity to be in front of uh, lawmakers and really voice your opinions. Uh, you're not just writing a blog or anything like that. You're actually telling them uh, these are the issues and, and things of that nature. So just the fact that I was able to go to Capitol Hill, even go to the White House um, at, on one of the fly-ins, they had a, a segment for small businesses at the White House. So, and just kind of like pinching myself. I was like, I, I just sell sneakers on the side. What am I doing at the White House? <laughs> what do you do if you're in DC though and you get called for a fly-in? Do you just like fly around for a minute? <laughs> I know, I was like, I, I missed on, on the flight or anything. Uh, no, but they said they send the car for me. They even put me up in <laughs> the hotel. Like it's like right down like, the street, 20 minutes away. Yeah, 
but uh, no, they, they're definitely uh, were very accommodating and uh, getting you to your appointments and, and things of that nature. So that's yeah, awesome. that's kind of how I got started and how I, I remain involved. All right. So eBay has this, um, I don't know, part of their business that, that is government relations that they're working hard on lobbying on our benefit. But then from, you know, Laura together Anna now are part of the small sellers, right? That can come, well, or big sellers. Laura's pretty big. Yes, <laughs> Laura. crushing it. I'm um, dying about them describing themselves as low-hanging fruits. I just like cannot. I know. <laughs> like, if you've seen anything from eBay or eBay opening, just like the spoke, like he's on all of the... <laughs> Yeah. Um, marketing stuff right so he's some something pretty big right now yeah, yeah i love it so um, i will say okay. i met lori uh years ago it was at ebay open she was being uh honored for an award there and so yeah. that's kind of she she was the superstar before there were superstars you guys are both like <laughs> ebay royalty like i, I can't even imagine you being free. but anyway i'll get off that sorry <laughs> Um, but point being too, right? Like you don't have to now they're big stars, but they were in the beginning. I think they want lots of different realms in eBay, but eBay itself is lobbying on our behalf for a lot of these bills that are getting passed things that are going to impact their platform, but their platform is made up of us. Right. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit in today's live and feel free to ask questions if you guys have them about some of the um, legislation that either you know, didn't make it through or some of the hot topics now that could impact us as sellers, um, kind of what eBay is doing from, well, what it, what they are and how they would impact us and then kind of what um, eBay and you guys are doing on our behalf for them. So um, kind of going to be up to you guys. If there is, if you want to bring up kind of the hot topics, I know we talked a little bit backstage about four of the big hot topics now. I don't know if there's one that you guys want to start with. Um, yeah, I think, um, it would be important to start since it's tax season or tax season is approaching. Yeah. Uh, I think we should talk about the um, the impending uh, bill that uh, would affect sellers. It's called the um, the 1099K tax reporting threshold. Um, and just to give you some perspective, currently you have to be making twenty thousand uh, dollars and two hundred transactions before you get a 1099K. Uh, what they're proposing is that if you sell $600 and one transaction, um, you get a 1099K. And um, that would um, dissuade a lot of casual sellers from selling on eBay, people that clear things out of their garage, um, you know, the hobby sellers uh, and... Um, eBay is uh, definitely lobbying on our behalf. Um, you know, there's been a delay in that bill, thankfully. Kind of um, at the last minute, right? Yeah, it was yeah. almost like ugh, just slipped in by the, <laughs> at yeah. the 11th hour. That's what, I, I, that's what I took it, yeah. And I'm going to encourage um, your viewers to go to ebaymainstreet.com. As ebaymainstreet.com, you're gonna yeah, you're gonna find um, a lot of information from government relations, not just what's happening here in the United States, but worldwide, and uh, it's a great way to keep abreast as to what's happening in the government relations arena. So I'll pass it on to Yinka at this point. Just to clarify, Yinka might clarify this a little bit. So this bill, I thought 
I guess I didn't pay enough attention because I know for this tax season, I didn't realize that it they had kind of pushed it off and it wasn't completely off the table. It's still on the table. They just made it not for this tax season, right? Correct. Correct. Well, yeah. Let's talk for people watching and don't have any idea. Let's say they have no idea what's going on. They're, um, this year, the rules are the same as last year, right? Mm -hmm. Where all year long, everyone was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? They changed it. They changed it. And then the, at the very last minute, they're like, oh, just kidding. We'll push it off. Right? Yeah. yeah. So right? Okay. for 2022, it's the same as it's been for the last couple of years, the higher threshold, right? And yes, correct. so 23 is where, but if, if it gets, if it were to get passed in 23, would it start applying to 2023 or would it not apply until the next tax year? I'm assuming it would be the next tax year, uh, just so that it can be kind of implemented in structure. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I yeah, I'm not either. The but... time, timing of it, and um, I think it would go into the next tax year. So the time but, now is to to fight is now. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and kind of to kind of what. Oh, go ahead. Sorry? Okay, you're just gonna have to jump in with the three of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just to. Uh, piggyback on kind of what Lori was saying that it kind of came down to the wire where we found out this delay. I saw it uh, through eBay executives and people posting on LinkedIn and various channels that there was a delay. And that's definitely an encouraging sign to see because um, just this past year when I, I did the fly in and was talking to uh, Congress people, this was one of the hot topics. And so it's kind of, you see your work, uh, you see the products of your work, like the fruits of your yeah. labor right in action mm -hmm. even though uh, we weren't able to defeat it outright even a delay is um, mm -hmm. something that can be seen as a positive for small-time sellers even uh, big-time sellers like people you feel empathetic for somebody who's just trying to sell uh, miscellaneous items that they have and then they receive that 1099 i know i still cringe even if i get a 1099 from my workplace or from somebody else have my little folder with all my tax documents it's, it's time consuming and, and you'd rather be doing other things, yeah. sourcing, listing, packaging items. Uh, nobody enjoys doing taxes. And, and so if you can I mean, find some people do. We have an accountant coming on in two weeks. That <laughs> Maybe him. Maybe him. Maybe. Well, her. But, yeah. um, if you guys have more tax questions, we have an accountant coming on in two weeks. But Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, it was just great to see that it was delayed. That at least gets in our minds that they're thinking about it. Even if yeah. it's not top of mind, they're like, wait a minute, before we push this through, uh, let's have another set of eyes look at it. And, I, and I, from my understanding, it's kind of like a bipartisan bill, being that both Democrats and Republicans are uh, working on it. But the fact that it didn't pass and that they're going to take a, another look at it gives us another opportunity to voice our opinion through eBay, through other channels to hopefully uh, get this modified or stopped altogether. Yeah, it's encouraging that they're basically showing that it's worth some more consideration. And I think this is one reason I was so interested in getting involved in government relations. And like I said, I'm a total newbie in this arena, but like, I hate politics. <laughs> like, I will tell you right up front, like, that's not my thing. But I do really care about how things affect small business owners, being a small business owner for like, basically my entire working life. And I think it's fascinating because, you know, eBay has, has to me always struck me as so like pro like inclusivity and like we care about all these little sellers, like even the people who are making like $600 a year, like that's part of the fabric of eBay and they count and their needs and the impacts on them count just as much as anybody else. And I, I really love that sort of group effort of like, we can, you know, 
this would negatively impact like a huge chunk of eBay sellers and discourage them from using the platform, you know, it, and that does affect all of us. But even if it didn't, like it affects the eBay that we're all part of, you know what I mean? So like, I love that we can sort of have each other's back in that way. And I think it's really cool to have the opportunity. Absolutely. And if I could just interject, eBay does this not just for the United States, but worldwide. Yeah. And uh, that is so impressive. You know, when you go on ebaymainstreet.com, um, you see all of the uh, the lobbying and the legislation and the work that they're doing um, in Europe and just across the world. And uh, it makes you proud that um, they have this global this global view. Uh, so, so when we're complaining about our fees, remember all the work that they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, so I have a question. So they're trying to pass the bill. What is their perspective? I would assume it's just we want to collect more money for the like we want to make sure that you're claiming taxes. And from eBay, our perspective is hey we're not a sophisticated seller to be able to do that when we're selling $600 a year. Right. Is that yeah, an easy sum up of the two different sides perspectives? What, what do you think, Lori? Uh, I would say so. That's the simplest yeah. view. I'm yeah. sure it's much more complex. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, it, it also varies according to state <laughs> yeah, <laughs> On, right. uh, and who's lobbying for what. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. In in general, in 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 general terms, yes. So yeah, that brings I, up. Oh, go ahead, Inka. Oh no, I think uh, as you stated, it basically comes down to money. They want to hold people accountable. It's yeah. like, Hey, make sure everybody's uh, paying for what they're doing, and, and it kind of goes back to other bills that have passed in the past or have been looked at. I know a couple years ago it was the internet sales tax issue. Mm -hmm. uh, where are we going to tax? all sales on the internet and things like that. And ultimately this money goes to either the state or the government. So uh, those particular bills, I think, uh, generate around money or revolve around money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, Biff Buffo is saying that the threshold to be 5k is this kind of on, it seems like such an extreme to go from 20,000 to 600. Like yeah. <laughs> is there talk that maybe something more in the middle would be a little bit more reasonable. Yeah, I don't know, and I'm not privy. I don't know who is privy to those back yeah. backroom negotiations. Like, how do you go from that extreme from yeah. twenty thousand to six hundred? Where where's the formula or the calculation? To, well, uh, I think I think um, the reason for that is because as an employer, if I um, if I employ somebody and they make over six hundred dollars, I have to provide a right um, yeah. a W two for is. them. So That's I think they use that number because it's an easy number. It's already established. Uh, it's, it's already established, right. For some other so, purpose, yeah. Yeah, because if somebody makes over $600, you're required, you know, to um, to give them that uh, that W-2. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we've, I, I want to move into something else, but we're having a little, quite a few questions about like the taxing and the how to account for things. Um, that's 
probably not the best audience today. And I want to get a little bit more into the government relations questions, but I am having a tax accountant on in two weeks. She's going to be on the Friday with us. Um, bring all those questions to her because she does like doing taxes and she knows what she's doing. Um, and so she can answer a whole bunch of those questions around the 1099, the new law that Pat or that got pushed off and all these kind of questions that we're having in the chat. Um, bring next week, two weeks two weeks. Um, she'll be on for that one. Okay. So what, there's a couple other ones, um, that are kind of hot topics right now for the reselling community. Either of you want to jump in on one of the other ones. You want to talk about the inform consumer Com consumers act Inca? Yeah. So the inform act, it was, I have a, a sheet here that says that carefully craft crafted to compromise legislation to support consumer safety while protecting the privacy for, for small sellers. So they would like for you to kind of inform or say what you're doing. And like, it is actually about consumer protection. Whereas um, in the interim, well, the, let's go back. So the other side is the Shop Safe Act. So the Shop Safe Act is kind of the counter to the Inform Act. The Inform Act would be ways for us to kind of inform people that this is what we're selling and how we're selling it. Whereas the Shop Safe Act, uh, it says here, it would hold e-commerce platforms liable for sales of counterfeit products unless each of 13 measures are uh, satisfied. And some of those measures are, you need to have a registered agent, uh, government issued ID, meaning that the platforms must identify and verify sellers' identities. You must verify the authenticity of the goods. So they're requiring the platform to do that for all items, not just sneakers or the hot um, all items. items. Yes, that's what they're saying here. They're saying by the authenticity, authenticity of goods, um, third party contractual requirements. Uh, and one that really stuck out when we talked about this was kind of the street three strike uh, removal policy. So arbitrarily, if a company or a buyer uh, indicates that you sold a counterfeit item. Uh, if you got three of those strikes, you would just be removed from the platform. And, and so uh, I think that's detrimental to what everybody's trying to do. Uh, I don't think there are many sellers. Well, I can speak for all of us here. We're, we're not into selling counterfeit items. We're yeah. here to make money to, to provide a service to people, which is our business. And I think the, the crux of the Shop Safe Act, what they were trying to do, in speaking, I don't recall the actual congressperson's name, uh, but they we, we basically asked why, what is it about the Shop Safe Act? Why do you have this? And her story was uh, she has young grandchildren and the items that she purchases for them, whether it be a stroller or things of that nature, she's worried that it would be counterfeit and injure her grandchild. I was like, yeah. okay, that's understandable, but this Shop Safe Act is overreaching in that it asks also to kind of identify, you're supposed to identify the seller, name and address, pre-purchase. So before you even make the sale, they, they want all of this information, they want all this data from you uh, just to hold you accountable if you were to sell uh, a counterfeit item. So I think it's, again, that it's an overreaching act in what they're trying to do. Uh, that three-strike policy really stood out to someone like me who sells in the fashion industry uh, because I'm sure all of us at one time or another have heard of Vero, the Vero strike, where uh, a company does not want you selling their items, so they'll strike mm -hmm. it and, and take it down for arbitrary reasons. Uh, I've had 
some companies I haven't received them recently, but I've had uh, some companies send me the strike and then send me an email addressing. Uh, you need to respond to this email uh, with why it's not authentic, uh, inauthentic or something. They say my item was inauthentic, but they provided no proof. I have mm -hmm. receipts, things of that nature. And yeah, then when I, I'm thinking when I, too, because we don't all, like, we don't have receipts. Exactly. Right. I know. <laughs> you can't, you can't itemize items. Not everybody's going and doing right. online retail arbitrage, things right. of that nature. So not every item can be itemized. And even for the simple fact they sent me an email address, I typed them a nice response uh, with all of the facts laid out just to have it bounce back to me. So it wasn't even real. They just wanted yeah. to remove my item uh, because they saw their name of that brand in there and said, we think you're selling a counterfeit item, therefore it should be removed. And so the Vero comes in, uh, the company will contact eBay who will then contact you and remove your item. And, and so, uh, just things like things and ways like that, that companies are able to kind of manipulate and game the system to kind of attack small sellers because uh, sometimes big companies don't want sellers like small businesses to mm -hmm. uh, profit off of their goods. And so there's always going to be that kind of war. So that's kind of uh, what the Shop Safe Act is about. This well, is the one that I am most concerned with from what I sell um, because I see that happening. And I see as, uh, you know, e-commerce, secondhand sustainability in the fashion industry is getting bigger. The retailers want a piece of that pie and they want it from us. Right. Um, and so they're going to start doing things like this and essentially be like, you can't sell our secondhand goods. We want to sell them. Um, and they're bigger than we are. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going yeah. to lose against Lululemon every single time. Right? With that attitude, Sarah. I mean, let's be <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I was thinking of that. I think it was talking like you brought that up multiple times recently where it's mm -hmm. like, hey, this, you know, these companies are figuring this out. And like, here's another way that would be really beneficial for them to essentially, like you said, almost like attack small sellers throw these claims at them with like no accountability. And then we're the ones who have to scramble around and defend ourselves, which takes time and resources when it's like, they don't have to justify their claim at all. They can just make it, you know? Oh, that's counterfeit. Like, <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Why? <laughs> like, why do you think that? Or do you think that at all? Or is it just that my brand is in, you know, your brand's in my listing or whatever. So, so where is the, or Lori, were you going to say something? I was going to say that's exactly it because they know we don't have the resources and for a yeah. lot of us the time yeah to, to fight time it. is a resource too you too. know yeah. we, we're already grinding and yeah. uh you get something like that you're like oh my goodness yeah uh, this is the last thing I need to pursue just take it down take it down <laughs> and give it away right uh, yeah and I've, yeah yeah I've kind of seen on YouTube and you can just do a simple search on YouTube where some of these companies will take it that step further and actually sue the small business owner. And that's not, they have their whole gang or their whole army of lawyers and you're a small business owner. So how, how do you compete or battle something like that? So yeah, it, it can be uh, definitely daunting and challenging if it gets to that level. So where mm -hmm. is it sitting right now? I think there's still, that's one that's still kind of up in the air. Uh, we countered, or eBay and small businesses, as Lori mentioned, countered with kind of the Inform Act, uh, which calls for 
eBay and other platforms to get information collection or collect seller information, but it just doesn't reach to the level of kind of the, the shop safe act. So there's kind of a seller threshold. So sellers with $5,000 in sales or more or over 12 straight months, then they would collect uh, certain information and kind of just to be informed. That's why it's called the inform act. And, and so they'd have like that bank account information, uh, just information about the seller, who they are and, and what they're selling uh, without overreaching kind of into your business, uh, which is what ShopSafe does. So the Inform Act is more about getting in our business, but not necessarily what we were just talking about. It wouldn't get rid of any of that on them being able to say, hey, this is counterfeit, this is counterfeit, this is counterfeit. Yes, it, it doesn't. The Inform Act doesn't kind of address like trademark, legal trademark liability or a yeah. company coming to you saying, this is a counterfeit item. So there's no kind of like three strike policy or any of those other measures that need to be met to uh, satisfy the Shop Safe Act. So that's why kind of we we leaning towards the Inform Act because it kind of satisfies some of those concerns that the Congress people had as far as uh, who are these people, what are they selling, but without diving or digging too far into your business. Oh, I see. So they would know who we are, but then they wouldn't be able to do the rest of the part. Like yeah. that's like our counter offer. Exactly. I'm not exactly. a lawyer here, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you explained that perfectly. It's kind of like, terms. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's kind of essentially like you said that kind of our counter to that is like you have shop safe, which is the extreme. We have the informant. We say this would accomplish what you're trying to accomplish at the crux of what you're trying to accomplish without overreaching into these all these other areas yeah I yeah mean, think about like i don't know if anyone else has ever had like a really grumpy buyer who is just like a total problem from start to finish and you know feedback extortion and the rest just not happy with anything just all, you know you can see them a mile away if you've been doing yeah, eBay for a while <laughs> but like imagine a buyer like that having your personal contact information and it's no longer just as simple as uh, you can just block them from buying your items after you deal with them once. It's like now they have your address and phone number. Yeah. And if they've got enough spare time, they're harassing you at your home. Like, well, and right. And a lot of us work from our home. I yeah. have family. Like all of my business address is a P.O. box, which yeah. certain things don't allow you to have a P.O. box. I'd imagine right. it doesn't allow a P.O. box because it's not like an actual business. Um, and like I, my kids are here. <laughs> like, yeah. Very. Like, that's yeah. like pretty overreaching you know like For sure i mean i like to try to understand if we're if we're chasing these implications all the way down like what is a small mom and pop shop like me like what would that mean for me you know and anybody yeah. else like me yeah i'll um, tell you something else that um we need to have on our radar as sellers and i brought it up um before we we opened up live it's the smash and grab situations yeah. I mean, we see it on um, on Twitter and, and social media all the time where these folks will either um, break and enter a, a store and uh, take stuff. And, you know, every bit of that's going to be sold online uh, or they'll go into a very open store. I mean, I saw one this morning where somebody went into a drugstore like a Walgreens or one of those and um, cleaned out bags of makeup you know, and um, just its store was open, <laughs> but nobody, nobody accosted them, you know, right. and they got away with uh, several bags of makeup. Now, 
that makeup's going to be sold online. And um, it's, it's a problem, you know, it's a problem. Well, and this is where like, I can see part of that shop safe act, like their intent, right? Because right. that is a, an issue. Um, and then when some sellers do that, then it makes other sellers look bad. Um, and I recently did a video about, you know, getting suspended and are people getting suspended willy nilly. Um, but I understand why eBay suspends people because of that situation. If you're a good seller and you're doing what you're supposed to, you should be fine. Um, but there's kind of a fine line. I think that eBay probably has to walk in even, you know, some of these bills and making sure that what the buyers are getting is what they're asking for and not counterfeit and not stolen. And the majority of the sellers that are doing what they're supposed to be doing and not implicating their business. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Like I know job. that. Yeah, I know. I agree that <laughs> you kind of have to uh, kind of walk the line there because, I mean, if you talk to anybody who's not that familiar with eBay, they're like, aren't there counterfeits on there? How do I know what, what I'm getting is um, real and authentic? And eBay's gone to measures to kind of thwart that image with what they're doing with authentication with sneakers, now to handbags and things of that nature. Right. But, at this point, they can't do every single item. And, and so they're kind of walking that line. We want to be seen as credible uh, selling authentic items. But again, we don't want to overreach into small businesses where it ends up hurting the business with all of these measures just to uh, ensure authenticity, if that is possible. We do have a question. Um, I don't if you guys can answer this. We'll see. Can you talk about the reselling doctrine versus Veros? How can a company say we can't sell their products? So I don't know what the resale doctrine is. Do you guys? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what a resale doctrine is, but um, uh, basically a company does have the right to tell you that you can't sell their item. I'll give you, for example, like Amway. Uh, you cannot sell <laughs> any Amway product on eBay because you will get uh, a notice a notice to take it down. And the reason why is because very clearly in their policy, you have to be a distributor mm -hmm. to sell that item. Yeah. So businesses do have the right to limit who can sell their item. You, It's just for us as sellers to be educated as to which businesses that is. Like for instance, the standard process supplements you you have to be a distributor or you have to be within their network to be able to sell um that health supplement item you can't just sell it on ebay uh so i'm not sure what the resale doctrine is um but businesses do have the right to tell you that you can't sell their item well and that's is any not business right i'm oh, sorry i mean that's any business right so essentially if all these items that we're selling, they're like, well, our sales are going down because people want it secondhand now and we don't want eBay sellers to sell it anymore. We can tell them not to sell it. And then we're all out of a job. Like doomsday. I'm saying doomsday here. <laughs> like, but ultimately, right? That That's why you should sell vintage. Although <laughs> that doesn't solve everything because no. well, I'm thinking of like other little like slices of this pie too. Like I, I bought a vintage, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the brand right now. It may have been 
like an anchor hawking or a corral or something, but it was like a carafe, like a coffee carafe. And it, it was from the sixties and it had a recall and mm. eBay wouldn't let me post list it because it had this even recall. It was vintage. Yeah. Even though it was vintage, <laughs> the recall was probably 40 years old or something. And I just had no idea that there was a recall on it. Cause why would I, I saw it at like a flea market or something. Um, but I was like, Oh, well, I guess I'm, giving this away because there's literally nothing I can do with it. But, um, but then there's also like, you know, trademark issues. Like you can't mm -hmm. list like a Gerber onesie because yep. onesie trademarked and like Lego. Lori, didn't you have a Lego issue? Yes. And yes, Lego that, issue. <laughs> yeah. Is that like the same kind of thing where that's a company that said you just can't sell our items? Like, yeah. Okay. And like, you can't you say Velcro. You can't say the word yeah, Velcro. Yes, yeah, I've yeah. heard of that <laughs> Velcro one. Yeah. Oh gosh, I can't tell you how many how many uh, items we had to change. It's hook and latch. Yep, hook, hook and latch. latch. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, someone, we're going back to a previous conversation, but someone's saying, and I, I want to clarify this too because I think there's a lot of um, confusion around it. I think the IRS, IRS always required payments of $600 reported on tax returns, 1099 forms, but wasn't enforced since most don't report small payments. So my understanding is yes, the IRS, you have to pay taxes, like yeah. period. If you were making money, you have to pay taxes. Yeah. Um, but the bill is saying now it's on the platforms to send right. you 1099 a 1099K. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's called a 1099K. Yeah. But, and this is a conversation more for in two weeks and we have accountant on, um, you do always have to pay taxes, but it's whether or not the platforms have to provide you with that 1099 and what the cap is for that. But if you are in this year, if you are making under 20 grand and you don't get a 1099, you still need yeah. to like do like, your you diligence. That income, but you know, if you don't get a 1099, like there's not the other side of the equation reporting that they paid you that income. <laughs> The IRS is not getting notification of that. Right. Income. Um, so just wanted to clarify. We can talk more about that in the accountant one. Um, are there other things that you guys want? If we have more questions, we do have, I don't know, maybe 10-ish, 20 minutes. If there's other things that people want, have questions you guys want to talk about. I'm reading through the comments. So, Oh, we do have another question. Okay. We might have some general eBay questions too. So when an eBay representative advises you to cancel a sale, but then charges you 30 cents for an action twice, I have fraudulent buyers who are buying all over eBay. Hmm. I've never had them charge me for a canceled sale. Yeah. I haven't seen that either. I bet. Me either. I mean, I don't know if it's worth 30 cents, but if you called them and said, what's up with this, why did I get charged for this? They'd probably just take it off. <laughs> Yeah. If it's unless it's like a thing, but I've never heard of that. Or they would tell you why. Um, to that, there was a comment at the very top. I'm not going to scroll and lose my place. But if someone mentioned on another video, like they don't want to spend their time calling eBay, and I suggested the F eBay for Business Facebook page, um, you can message them. That's where I do it 95% of the time because you message them and then you go about your business. And then seven hours later, they message you back. <laughs> but you're not like waiting on the phone. And 99% yeah. of the time, they have gotten me the information or taking care of the issue or whatever. Um, and depending on the store level that you're at, too, it, it's hard to find a phone number sometimes, to be honest. Like you don't yeah. always have access to phone numbers if you don't have a store, you don't have a concierge or whatever it is. Um, but you can comment or you can message eBay for business. That's a little extra tip for you guys. Yeah. 
Oh, someone's saying the first sale doctrine. Oh, that oh is? okay. I, I still don't really know what it is. <laughs> I think it would be, yeah, first sale doctrine. I think it would be what we're talking about. Like, you can't sell other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. There we go. Tommy in Seattle knows. Of course. Provides that an individual who knowingly purchased a copy of a copyrighted work from a copyright holder received the right to sell, display, and otherwise sell that copy. Hmm. So what we're doing. Right? Well, I guess, unless we're not directly buying it from the copyright holder. Oh, right. Like the chain of custody has been broken. <laughs> I don't know. I see that being the biggest issue moving forward. That big companies are gonna. I've said this. You know this, Anna. I've said this multiple times. But I see, and I see that being some of the safe shops, yeah. um, counterfeits. But then them going in, like Yinka said, and just willy nillying it around to kind of get rid of us, um, or yeah. saying hey, we're selling, doing a bunch of error violations that we're selling products that aren't yeah. actually. I wanted to touch on kind of one other talking point from 2022 with. Um, government relations, it was a proposal of, they call it the COOL Act. And so it was called the Country of Origin Online Labeling Act. So it would require us as sellers to list the country of origin on yes. every single product that we sell. Um, and again, they, they're using this trying to say it helps people feel comfortable about the item they're buying, kind of verifying it. But again, uh, this is another act that would be uh, overburdensome on so some people. I Unless mean, you can use the emoji as your answer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, if, if you sell clothing, it could be easy. I mean, you think of some people with stores with tons of items. You'd have to go through every single piece of clothing, find that tag, and, and list uh, that country of origin. Uh, not to mention if you go to somebody who's in electronics. Maybe they just have a cord, a power cord, or something like that, yeah. where you don't see that country of origin on the actual item. And, and so this creates an unrealistic expectation uh, for them to do that. So that's kind of another one of the talking points uh, in 2022. I don't know where that act is right now in kind of the pipeline, but uh, it's one that was definitely talked about. I can tell you uh, it, it affects charities in a whole different way. Um, and I'll give you several cases in point. Sometimes we will have a donor um, bring in um, a box of goodies and they will tell you how expensive they are, how authentic they are, and how much money you're going to be able to make from this box of groceries. Oh, these items are worth a thousand dollars and blah, 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 blah. And in good faith in the past, you know, we're not as naive anymore, but I can tell you in the past and especially in the early days, um, I believe them. <laughs> and so we listed them as authentic. Um, today you will not catch me listing, um, any kind of expensive handbag just because we don't have the wherewithal to check, to make sure that it's really authentic. And so many times people will come in and say, you know, this handbag is worth X amount and I'll smile and nod. Um, and uh, we'll just put it in the thrift store, uh, because we're just not going to take the risk. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. Number two, um, to your point about where the item was made, uh, a lot of people cut the tags out of their items. Sure. And so <laughs> we get items with 
with no tags. Yeah. And um, it's difficult for us to know a point of origin um, with no labels or no tags. So, you know, it's not just the cords. It's also clothing for us as charity sellers. And, um, you know, in the fashion vertical, that's our bread and butter. So um, it affects all of us. And they don't always have them there either. Um, someone does have a question. Is Goodwill, I'm assuming that's like Goodwill is one sentence. Um, I read it like four times to make sure. Is Goodwill <laughs> helping resellers in these pending laws? So is Goodwill doing anything around this? Because it probably impacts them too. Well, right? and they sell online a lot too. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Question. You know, I have never, I have never seen um, a good real representative at any of the government relations. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Let's find them. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, a couple of Goodwill stores follow me. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I remember when the first one did. I was like. I don't make half as much money as you do. Why the heck are you following me? <laughs> but you know, hey, <laughs> they were like an to get art. inside information. <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what we could <laughs> provide like, to All right, them. Watch me. Yeah, That's sure. <laughs> In our but, area, uh, the uh, thrift stores work with resellers. Like, it's not a competition. They'll work like they do. Um, like, I've done ads. I've done the podcast with one of them. Um, they do like fashion shows where resellers come in and like pick out mm -hmm. like, I yeah. think because in Colorado, we have so many resellers that are like, we just can't fight this battle. <laughs> we yeah, might as well, like, up. like I see people on social media that are like, oh, don't tell people you're resellers. And I go into thrift stores and like, what's up, sir? Did you see the new rack over there? Like, <laughs> yeah, actually. Well, that makes sense because yeah. like they're selling volume and you're looking for specific things. You would yeah. think match made in heaven. I never understand why anybody is like, curmudgeonly about that like when literally our business models are complementary like why can't we just be friends you know exactly. not only that but you know a seasoned thrift store people they know who you are yeah. I mean, you come in and you start sniffing around we're like oh huh, yeah we know you're <laughs> we like, know who no you are yeah like <laughs> the thing is is if you just asked if you just came to the counter and said hey i'm an ebay seller i'm a poshmark seller or whatever you know platform you sell on yeah um would you be willing to work with me? Heck yes. Yeah. You know, there's enough for all of us. And um, I welcome anybody in the Georgia area that wants to come into our thrift store and, uh, you know, ask for whatever. Yeah. We got your back, yeah. you know? So just, just say, just talk, talk it up. Yeah. I, I think that's a key point that Lori says, there's enough for all of us. And oh, I think yeah. that goes to thrift stores. I think it goes to the whole Vero issue with these big companies. Like yeah. it, you're selling why can't i sell like i mean right. there's enough to go around we're not really affecting your bottom line so i i don't get it but yeah. do you think that eventually we will like eventually i'm just looking like long term because there's like a thread ups come up uh, with a couple of reports of uh, forbes has done something about how e-commerce secondhand is just i'm thinking women's fashion is what i look at um but it's just astronomical i think in the past year or two it's like tripled where retail is going down um, and so, I mean, tell me that these big retailers are not going to want a piece of the pie and eventually they're going to stop making less. So there's going to be less supply. And there is eventually like there, I, I'm envisioning there to be unless sheens stay around forever and do this fast fashion. But 
I'm envisioning they're eventually they're going to catch on and start making less supply and their model is going to look more sustainable resale and less actual retail. And eventually, and I'm talking like future, like five, 10 years, not like y'all don't need to freak out in 2023. Um, but I am thinking long-term, like I am well, for your children's like, children. You know. <laughs> right. Maybe it may take us that long to get there. <sighs> um, but I mean, that's kind of how I envision things where bigger companies are getting, because that's where we get it from, right? Is the bigger yeah. companies. And if they aren't selling as much, they will stop making it and they will move into what's selling. And that's sustainable fashion. Right. We do. I think that as we evolve, we're going to, we're going to, we always find a way to make things work. And America is built on the backs of small business. So at the end of the day, I think that there will be some sort of a compromise. I can't see, you know, small businesses being completely crushed. Yeah. You know, I think we're going to evolve together. Do we have to fight for what we perceive to be our rights? Absolutely. You know, I don't think we need to lay yeah. down and just uh, roll over, but, um, Change is good. Evolution is good. And I think if we embrace it, not from a standpoint of, um, I mean, I can, I'm old enough on eBay to remember when people quit e eBay over feedback. I've been selling on eBay now since 2005. Yeah. And I remember back in the old days when we would go to eBay, um, eBay open, it used to be called eBay live. Um, I mean, people were quitting over feedback, you know, feedback was a huge thing and um, we've evolved, you know, does it get messy and bumpy as we go through change? Of course it does. But I think if everybody stands up and speaks, has a voice, speaks their piece, together we can come to some sort of compromise where it's a win-win and not a win-lose. So I think it's all about our attitude it's all about how we project, you know, that we're not um, doomsdayers uh, and that we embrace Sarah. change. <laughs> no. That we embrace change. No, I'm change. like, Lori, are you like a motivational speaker? You like just hit yes. it. Yes. <laughs> no. I'm just Absolutely. like. <laughs> yes. But I do think it's all in the way, in, in our attitude. It's all in the way that we look at it. So I well, see I mean, change. Maybe. I see change and I say to myself, okay. How can I grow from this? Yeah. How can I get better? But I think you have to be in, like you're on the government relations and you are you have your feet and you're seeing the change coming and paying attention. And that's kind of what this yeah. chat is about in a lot of the conversations that we have on my lives is just paying attention to what's happening. Um, because I do agree, if things do change, you have to change with them. But if you are not paying attention, you're going to be left in the dust, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be able to pivot your business and be able yes. to move and know what's changing to stay mm -hmm. with it. Yeah. Well, and Lori, like Lori said, you have to have a voice in that conversation mm -hmm. and full circle back to like the whole point of the government relations team, like eBay under, has understood that for quite some time. And that's why this is such a priority for them as a company to like make sure that there are like actual legitimate perspectives from the sellers who really make up eBay. Like, I just love that. That's, they understand the priority that should be, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. If, if I think if um, I could speak on their behalf, they would tell you, be informed, get involved. Yeah. 
And there is a link pinned. To, none of us work for eBay, but there is a link pinned. <laughs> if you are like really into this conversation and you want to be involved more, you want to understand more, you want to speak on our behalf. Um, I would gladly invite you to, because that's not something I want to, but I want someone else to do it for me. So there <laughs> I appreciate all of you. Oh, I think my light, I'm standing on my light. It keeps flickering. Oh, um, there is a link pinned to the top, or like Lori said, if you guys are hopping in at the very end, um, you can go back and watch. It's been a great conversation. But eBay Main Street, um, government relations, will have a whole bunch of information. You can get involved at whatever level. You can just sign petitions. They will send you when there's a petition and they need so many sellers. Um, you know, to make it go through or whatever, they will send it out. If you have asked to be on the list, they don't just spam us. They spam us sometimes with a like, hey, get on the list. Um, but you, they'll send that out to you or you can go all the way to the level of where you're going and speaking, you know, at the White House if you're Inca <laughs> and um, step in on a more intense level. Um, I do have to pop up a couple of minutes early for a kid thing. Uh, but if there's anything else that you guys want to share and then do make sure to I, there, Lori and Inka's information is down below, but I don't think we've even heard of what your guys' eBay stores are. <laughs> so if people do want to go uh, shop, go feel free to give a full um, little spiel on who you are, where they can find more information and buy from you, um, as well as anything else you want to kind of wrap us up with. So again, I'm a charity seller. Uh, our eBay um, store name is Reflections of Trinity. And we are a food pantry that feeds uh, about 1,200 families a week. Uh, just to give you perspective of what we do with our eBay revenue, uh, last year we served 3.5 million pounds of food to over 77,500 unique individuals. Wow. Our website is reflectionsoftrinity.org. You can get more information there. And just know that um, eBay is one of our income generators so that we can buy food for those that are in crisis. So awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm, again, thank you for having me. Yinka Ogunsunlade. My store is called Fashionably Legal. Uh, so all things fashion, not just sneakers. Sneakers, men's clothing, women's clothing. Uh, athletic apparel so uh, come stop by browse uh, make an offer and let's make a deal yes <laughs> i love that so much um, um, i have a question for laura you don't get okay. to introduce yourself sorry anna. I wasn't anna, has a book. anna has a book but other than that everyone knows anna there's a question for laurie i'm just kidding i'll let you Lori, do nonprofits face legal issues with items missing tags, wrong labels, get um, leniency, charity plus private sales, hybrid sale model? So I have never had a, an issue, uh, a legal issue with missing tags or wrong labels. Um, a lot of the items that we sell are relatively inexpensive. Um, we, we don't sell high dollar items. Um, we sell run-of-the-mill, just regular priced items. Uh, so I don't know that it's worth anybody um, doing a lawsuit. That's number one. Number two, if there are missing tags, nine out of ten times I don't sell them. It's just too much hassle. We can't complete the item specifics, um, and we can't do a proper listing. So I just we just don't sell them. We put them in the thrift store and somebody can buy it for one or two dollars that um, is a pro ebay tip tip when yes. you're sourcing yeah because when you first start you're like oh i can do it and then you're like I no can't list this. no yes what size is it 
Yeah. Don't squander your youth on it. Yeah. yeah. You know, time, time is money. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Thank and, God. We've been selling 18 years. We've never had a legal issue. Thank God. Knock wood. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Anna, would you like to wrap up this session? Yes. I just wanted to say a final word about, since I'm a newbie with government relations, just wanted to say that as someone, even someone who hates politics, and we'll tell you that as a blanket response, um, it's really not like um, too demanding of like your time. It's not too complicated, like get involved. It's not going to like be a new part-time job for you. And it's really important. So if you're even a little bit interested and even if you hate politics like me, like it's so worth uh, investigating and finding out if there's something you can do to help out. You know, it's not a huge burden. It's like a really cool opportunity. So just want to encourage you to look into it if you're even a little interested. And if you don't and want to stay informed, I'm going to have Lori and Ninka back if they would be so inclined. <laughs> um, and we'll do like some updates and stuff as well, because I think it is important to be informed. Um, so make sure to subscribe to the channel. Make sure to follow Anna, Lori, and Ninka. Shout from their stores. Support them um, in all that they are doing and thanking them for doing this on our behalf as eBay sellers as well as uh, eBay. Uh, I am going to do... a. Uh, I won't be live again. So if you are in Denver, just real quick, I am doing an eBay seller meetup next Thursday. I'm like taking over. That's what I do. You guys do government relations. I like get people together. Um, I'm taking over the networking group. eBay, Brian from the podcast is coming out um, as well as Dana from List Perfectly is going to be there as well. So it's going to be a really good event. If you are in Denver Metro, uh, there's a link, there's a Facebook page, but if you go to the eBay seller site uh there's a event on there as well if you guys are interested in coming i bet if you send yinka a plane he'll come yeah i'll be there <laughs> prescribe to their channels all right thank you guys so much everyone have a wonderful weekend yes happy weekend Thanks. bye everyone bye.